0: Welcome to the Perspectives with Catherine Toon podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Catherine Toon with Perspectives and Catherine Toon. How is everybody doing? I hope everybody's doing good. I have some happy perspectives, uh, which is always good. We need to be reminded of the happy. We've got enough uh, not happy. <laughs> I assume you live in the same world I do. We're going to have happy perspectives on purpose and destiny from the slow lane. Wow! I never thought I would be ministering or preaching preaching uh, on this. So, um, so uh, the slow lane. That has not been a lane that generally has offered any happy perspectives for me uh, in the past. Uh, I'm actually, I love, 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 love people, but I'm actually a really task-oriented person. So, which means I like to get stuff done, and that is just kind of how I'm wired. And uh, and loving people in the process is the biggest thing. And the tasks need to serve that purpose, uh, eventually, right? Um, uh, and so because I'm that way, uh, I was also wired to be a kind of fast lane person. That's not, that's not meant promiscuous or anything like that. <laughs> it was meant that I I do stuff quickly and I multitask and I generally think quickly and I know I talk fast. I'm sorry about that. It's just what it is. Uh, I've tried to slow down because a lot of times I have a lot to share and I can talk pretty fast, and that's not always the easiest to follow. Uh, and so for me, it's been a really Really interesting journey. I wrote about in my book, Marked by Love, about this concept of freaky rest. It's a whole chapter and this concept of rest and the concept of margin and the concept of pacing yourself and all of that has been a, a, a long, uh, term ministry that the Lord has done, uh, in my life. Uh, but it's interesting because there is time to run. There is definitely time to be in the fast lane. Uh, the challenge with the fast lane, if you're using a driving analogy, um, is that you can get so focused on where you're heading and getting there quickly for the sake of getting there quickly, you forget the reason why you're even there. And then it can also be this thing of I've got to pass people, right? I get super competitive and i'm not really clear that competition is a jesus thing i'm not knocking anybody who who's that, that's what they do like they're an athlete or whatever um but uh at least competing with other people um the word of god says that the fear of man brings a snare i might as well uh bring that scripture up i looked it up in a different translation um i i i i uh, wanted to so the fear of man brings a snare which it does i'm going to talk about that in a second which causes us to compete, which causes us to be in the fast lane, because I got to get there faster. Um, I looked up the message version, which I thought was really interesting. It says the fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. I love that. That's just simple. And it really does. Fear of, fear of man, fear of what others think is crippling. And if we're constantly looking at the people that like, who has more people on Instagram (laughs) or or, I don't know what it is, uh, you know, who's skinnier, who's richer, who's got more speaking engagements, who, I mean, I, I don't know. We have all sorts of funny things that we compare. Right. And, um, and it really brings a snare because it brings torment. Number one, it's fear. So we have a problem with that right there. Uh, because we're not called to walk in fear. Because let me think, oh yeah, fear has torment. So fear of public opinion, fear of man's opinion, fear of what other people think is absolutely tormenting. Because you're so focused on trying to modify because you're worried about other people's perception, you're not focused on what you need to be focused on. And it is bondage. It is absolute bondage. Um, but it says trusting in God protects you from that. I bring this up in the concept of the fast lane and the slow lane, because a lot of times we're in the fast lane because we're trying to beat people out, you know, as ministering to someone who is learning this lesson beautifully, uh, but to talk about triple a, you know, personality and just raised in performance. And it came under the guise of like excellence and integrity. Well, Excellence do- doesn't mean that you've got to be the first. You've got to be the best all the time. It's just, it's silly. And that's a comparison thing. When you compare people, uh, you know, uh, the word also talks about not comparing ourselves with one another. Uh, it's not wise. It's not wise because, um, because one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to come out better. And you're going to have some secret pride, smugness, (laughs) which is probably not a Jesus thing, right? Or you're going to come out worse and you're going to feel inferior. Okay. And so both of those are not a God thing. So comparing yourself against yourself is not wise because God is something specific for you and that is one of the things I wanted to bring out kind of at the start with this whole concept because I put happy perspectives and purpose and destiny your purpose your destiny um, uh, how how you're walking out your life your, your your circumstances in life okay you know what God's plans for you are really specific for you and if you are majoring on relationship which might be a good thing. Um, You see, God majors on relationship. God is love. God is light. God is truth. God is love, right? And he's life, right? And so in that, that is all relational. He's relational because he's the light of the world. He's not a light in and of himself, right? Or he just lights up things without people. He's relational. Without why we need to be enlightened, right? He is the way, the truth. The light, the truth that brings us freedom—it's all relational, and obviously, love is freedom. And in that place, there, he has something specific for you. So, the purposes he has for you, the plans he has for you, are pers- are, are specific for you. Why? Because you are his workmanship. I might as well pull that scripture up. Um, I got a lot of there's some really good stuff here. Ephesians two ten, Passion Translation: We have become his poetry. I just love that so much. It's another word. uh, Other translations call that workmanship. It's the word poema. Here is poem to the world. Just want to remind you. Um, A recreated people that will fulfill. Isn't that a relief? The destiny he has given each of us for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. So what helps us fulfill that destiny is the fact that we're joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned and advanced our destiny and good works that we would be able to fulfill it. Now, he's not, you know, God doesn't make these things and then frustrate us. You were crafted for a purpose and the purpose was crafted for you. But in that place, you can't sprint through your life. Okay. Uh, one of the reasons why I was a massive sprinter for years and just got so burnt out repeatedly by the way it took me multiple rounds just <laughs> just to let you know it's like I get burnout come out and then do the same stuff and they burn out again okay so I, I did learn she can be taught but sometimes we're slow particularly in the area that are strongholds and you if you have a performance centered identity and it can be very sneaky because in this in the context of of the women that I was talking about, her family motto was excellence and integrity. Well, it's like, who's going to be like, no, excellence and integrity are a bad thing. Well, no, except when they're idols, right? Except when your excellence is not who you are in the image of likeness of Christ. So, so, so your, your do comes out of your who, right? And then you're striving because you always have to be excellent and integ- integrous. You can't be second best in anything. And it becomes this huge idol and this huge bondage, right? So, um, so anything, any driver that's fear-based and, and, you know, this is where it's important to get connected with your internal world. And, you know, if there's a fear thing, there's not enough time. I'm too old. I'm too uneducated. I'm too fill in the blank, because we we got them, right? Um, Anytime there's a fear driver, well, that's not that's not, not a God thing. The sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. And so there are places in your life, there's times to run, but there's also times where it's okay, and it's actually necessary to pace yourself. And having to have it all um, now, number one is, is unrealistic. Okay. But number two, there's a fear that if I don't have it all now, I won't get it. Sometimes there's a fear of like, I got to have it all before I'm 30 or something. Cause we're so, we worship youth. Okay. So that's an idol. Okay. Um, not that he doesn't want you to have, he totally wants you to have stuff. Um, but we need to be aware of our internal environment. If fear is a driver, because there's, and it can be, and can be sneaky, can be anxiety, can be the sense of I'm falling behind, right? That was, oh my God, that, that was a constant tormenting driver. I was constantly falling behind. It was never enough. It was never enough. It's never enough. So performance is who you are. It's never enough. It'll just never, it'll never be good enough. If religion is a driver, you'll never be good enough, Right. That's why we're all detoxing from all these, these ways of being. Um, so, you know, God really is a master planner. And his plan is really for the adoption and glorification of his kids, all his kids, right? Uh, so how does God view this? And why could we afford to have a slow lane? Well, let me say this. Let me just, I'll just start off with this. There are things that you will learn in the slow lane, that you will totally miss in the fast lane. You know, it's interesting because relationship doesn't happen drive-through. Relationship intimacy is something that's cultivated day in, day out, long-term. You think of the friends that you have long-term when other people have walked out or whatever. Well, it's been cultivated over time. And it's, it's, it's a, you know, slowing is more of a relational idea. Listen, if you're, if you are one of the things too, I kind of interrupted myself, um, because I wanted to skip to something. So let me interrupt myself. <laughs> uh, one of the things too, God being relational is more interested about relationship in your journey than getting you to some sort of purported end of the journey, because the end is actually relational, right? And conformity into the image of Christ. Well, what does that mean? That means you look like Jesus, you look like love. So everything that doesn't look like love is chipped away, burn away, um, uh, added on, whatever, right? And that is conforming to the, that's, but that's your original design. It's not like, you know, you're, you're some alien thing you're trying to get to and you have to strive to get there. No, that's an unveiling process. Um It is a, you know, we'll all be salted with fire. What does that mean? Well, that that's not burning your butt in hell. Okay, I won't go there, but we'll just keep going. Um It means it's burning away everything that is not of love's kind, right? If love is a consuming fire, what does it consume? Well, it doesn't consume people because people are of love's kind even if they're serving, serving Satan, okay, right? People are original design of love's kind, but it will conform people to the image of Christ. And sometimes that is excruciatingly painful <laughs> when you have to give up your idols um, and that kind of thing. Our idols, we just hold on for dear life, you know, but it's necessary. It's necessary because we're loved. You know, God disciplines us because he's a good daddy and he's loved his kid. Well, I can't leave you in the way, that way, that fallen way of being that's destructive to you, destructive to others and is not of love's kind. So he's relentless at that. And he's relentless at pursuing the lies in your lives. He's relentless at pursuing the idols in your lives. Not that he's jealous because, oh my God, you like someone else other than me. No, he's jealous for you because you are his kids. And that thing has you. And it can't have you because it's hurting you, right? His jealousy is for you. Okay, um, I have so much here. So we'll just see how this goes. So let's go to Ephesians 1, 5 through 6. We're talking about plans and purposes. Uh, this is the Passion Translation. Uh, for it was always God's perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Christ, the Anointed One, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would, uh, would glorify his grace for the same love he has for the beloved Jesus he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. This adopting you, okay, and conforming you and glorifying you, right, gives him great pleasure. Listen, you are his favorite thing. <laughs> You're his favorite thing. So, you know, when you look at people who are in love with their kids, as they become more of who they are, that's, that's the joy of parenthood, right? As they become more of who they are, not the fallen ways of being, all that kind of stuff, but they become more of who they are, more fully alive, more human, more in the image and likeness of love. Um, you know, just to quote, uh, well, the footnote on, uh, his, um, his plans for us, uh, it says he marked out our horizon destiny beforehand. You know, God doesn't leave anything to chance. Now we have free will. Of course we do, which is good, but which means, uh, that, you know, um, God didn't leave the plans for us to chance the destinies he has to us for chance, He didn't leave that to chance. So sometimes because we don't always cooperate, (laughs) everybody raise your hand. Okay. Sometimes because we don't always cooperate, those plans aren't really, um, you know, they go a different route, but God's never stymied. It's like, okay, you chose to fall. I mean, I'm not saying that's a minor thing, but it's like he already had that taken into account. He's a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Not leaving anything to chance. Okay. So, you know, he's got the recalculating except for he's already recalculated because he already knew what stupid decision you and I were going to make. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, let's go to Ephesians one, nine through 11. Uh, and this, um, this highlights the long range plan for creation. God is a long range planner and that's a slow lane process. Okay. Ephesians 1, 9 through 11, Passion Translation. And through the revelation of the Anointed One, he unveiled his secret desires to us, the hidden mystery of his long-range plan, which he was delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. God implemented plans from the beginning of time and unveiled them in the person of Christ, right? And because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme Through every period of time until the fulfillment of all ages finally reaches its climax, when God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ, God is relentlessly redeeming creation, redeeming the beauty of original design, redeeming the beauty of who he made you to be, redeeming the beauty of his kids, all of his kids. Okay. Um, through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Before we we were even born, he gave us our destiny. Dang 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 dang. Okay. Just saying that it's a long-range plan that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his Heart, You see, the more we look to God rather than our inadequacy, rather than our mistakes, rather than our um, unbelief, rather than our fears, rather than our addictions, compulsions, nastiness, selfishness, you name it, the more we're able to be unveiled because God has a long range purpose and plan that he's unveiling. He's unveiling for his kids. Um, Let's see. I'm going to skip that one because we already did this. Um, I'm going to read another one. Uh, Ephesians uh, 3, 10 through 12. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm, God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. Wow. This is part of your plan. So this... Um, diverse wisdom, right? Uh, and God's purposes are also revealed not just through Christ, but through the church in the image and likeness of Christ you have such a part to play this perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages and filled completely in our lord jesus christ so that now we have boldness through him and free access as kings before the father because of our complete confidence in christ's faithfulness when you start to get all shaky about your faith and your ability and all of that well you you're getting distracted you're looking towards self well, Jesus already said it. Apart from him, we can do, oh, let me think. Oh yeah, n- nothing, like no thing. Okay. So if you look at that and you try to look at all of this in and of yourself, um, you're, you're going to get burdened because it's as we remain in him and him and us that we bear much fruit apart from him. We can do nothing, but remaining in him. This is your union's already been established, but our functioning from that place of union and from that awakening of that we're one with Christ is where fruitfulness happens. And when we get our eyes off of that, we start to sink, okay, like Peter did, right? So um, that reflection of that, that unveiling of who you are in the image and likeness of God um, is part of that plan. That's the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. I preach on this all the time in Romans 8. But it's your unveiling. Why? Because creation is groaning for you to be unveiled, right? That's the purpose, right? So that creation can be released from its groaning. But let me just say this. This is a long-range plan. You go from glory to glory to glory, okay? It is an unveiling, okay? Um, and um, And so being... Um, being at peace with where you are in the process of the unveiling from glory to glory, because you're confident, well, dang, he unveiled this. I'm so much better than I used to be. So I can just be comfortable and happy where I'm at, even if I'm being stretched. Let me say comfortable. Maybe that's not the word. I can just be content. That's the word I want. I can be content where I'm at while I'm being stretched, because There's a glory that's in and on and through me, of me, right? That I'm in the image and life has already been unveiled. And if he did that, well, dang, 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 how masterful is God to unveil the rest of the way? And out of that place, I walk out my purpose and destiny. I walk out the plans he has for me and I trust in him. I can rest in him as I remain in him and him I, I I do bear much fruit, right? He doesn't want to give you these these plans and purposes and frustrate the crap out of you, absolutely not. He's not a sadist, but a lot of that is more about who we are unveiled and how we see ourselves and one another than about the to-do list and out of that place we do right, and we do amazing things I've said before them that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And let's see what I have here. Let's go to, see, I'm in the slow lane. (laughs) You can take it slowly. You can afford to uh, do things slowly because you're confident that'll come to pass. You're confident that God is faithful. He is faithful. I mean, he really is faithful. And if you're shaken in that, well, you know what? That just needs ministry. No condemnation in Christ Jesus. Go back and remind yourself for you of where God has really been faithful. And if you can't think of anything, well, ask God. God, remind me. where. We? Oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's what's going to happen is you're going to think of all these boys that he was so faithful and um, and, and you've forgotten them. You know, my husband and I, um, we haven't really kept up with this, so maybe we ought to get back on this, but we have this, um, little crystal basket. It was actually my mom's, but she gave it to us and we used to put marbles in it and things for all the times when, uh, you know, we had answered prayer when, when, or when out of the blue, God just provided something Right. Um, and so, and so we would, every time this would happen and these marbles would symbolize something. Unfortunately, I kept on forgetting what the marbles were, but this is kind of our little memorial. It's this idea. And then you'd see the thing just full. And it is helpful to have a list of God's faithfulness to me. This is when he really showed himself. And I experienced that faithfulness. Well, if he was that he hasn't changed, he's going to put you over where you need it now. And he's going to unveil and release you in the purpose and destiny. I I remember one of the, another reasons why I was in the, I was in so many reasons. I was so jacked up and I'm so happy now. And obviously got more ways to go and yay for that. But, um, uh, but, uh, I was terrified. I would not accomplish my purposes that, that the Lord had planted. And I've just learned, you know what, if it requires me, um, you know, uh, grinding, if it requires me, um, getting burnt out, if it requires me just pushing and pushing and pushing all the time where I can't rest, then it wasn't a God thing to begin with. Because God is the one that empowers. God is the one that gives you the grace. Now there, there are times when you're s- stretched. Absolutely. Times when, you know, it's, it's, you're really struggling. That's just honest. That's just human. Okay. But that, but there's a grace on it. And so, you know, if, if if the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God, then He's going to lead through peace, and we'll have that peace in our inner man about what we're supposed to do, where we're supposed to go, and that we can rest. And you know, one of the things that that people who have a hard time trusting God, and this is not a can- condemnation; it's just diagnostic, is that they have to know what it's going to look like. They have to know about every every detail, and that's not resting. That's not trusting. That's trying to control things and prepare for outcomes. Like if I have to know everything that's going to happen for the rest of my life, that means I don't trust God to take care of me, right? And I am going to be in fear all the time because the, um, you know, Paul Young says that control is of, control in our lives is a, an illusion. And it really is, you know, um, things can change on a dime. Who would have funk? COVID would have taken over the globe, right? Who would have thunk, right? We have no control over that, right? You can, right? So there are wise things to do, you know, save and work and take care of your health and, um, you know, uh, nurture relationships and, you know, work, like put your hand to something. <laughs> Don't spend more than you make, all this kind of stuff. There are wise things to do. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we don't know. We just don't know. But we do know the one who loved us and gave himself up for us. The one that we can follow. The one um, that um, that leads us through peace. And so you can rest because God really is good. And he adores you. And he's masterful. And he that called you to it will also complete it. He is the author And the finisher of faith, right? So it's looking to him where we get that rest, where we take his yoke upon us. We learn of him. He's meek, humble, lowly. He comes to serve and we will find rest for our souls so that we can, we don't have to be in the fast lane with the accelerator on all the time because I, I keep on falling behind. If I don't just slam it all the time, I'm going to fall behind at a faster rate. That was my thing. So I constantly was like, what's the most productive thing to do? What, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And I'm multitasking so much, I forgot the original task, right? And I mean, it's just not a way to live. It's not peaceful. And it's not relational. Because when I'm operating like that or other people, we're not like in communion with God, right? It's really hard to hear his voice when we're frantic. It's really hard to hear his voice when it's like, gotta, gotta pass that guy. Gotta pass that. Gotta get, they're behind, I'm behind, I'm behind. It's really hard. And, 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 you know, one of the things that was the most surprising thing, and I've said this before, but it bears repeating here, um, attributes of God and is he's relaxed. Now I know it doesn't say that in the King James, like Jesus is relaxed, right? You know, he doesn't say that, but you look at how he operated, like, he was really relaxed sometimes to the point of annoying, right? Because <laughs> I have stories, um, but, but, um, sometimes, uh, uh, okay. I'll get back to that, but sometimes point, he would, you know, he'd be walking and, you know, and, 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 and this, this insurance daughter's on the point of death. And so, you know, kick it, Jesus, you know, don't you care? And he's like listening to the woman with the issue of blood yammering on, right? He's not. And then he stays you know, with Lazarus, it stays a two extra days. So he's not in a hurry. You never see Jesus frantic. You never see him, um, uh, you know, um, uh, like stressed and pushing, you know, I mean, you see times when he's suffering. Okay. Right. But you don't see him frantic. He is relaxed. That's his nature. He's the express image of the, of, of the father. I'll share this because I alluded to it and I, I don't want to dangle something and then just not do that. But um one of the visions I had really early on is that uh, I was in hell um and I wasn't very happy to be there. Um And Jesus was with me, though. You know, if I make my beds in the midst of hell, you were there. Right. And so and it was this uh, the nature of it was that, well, it was dark. It was, it was these caverns, these under the earth caverns, and they were endless as if, uh, you had like a, you know, um, like a sponge or something and have all these little tunnels, but they, in other words, there was no way to get out. There would be, it was hopeless to get out. It was very dimly lit and there was Jesus. And I'm like, what, what is this? And so anyway, so I'm like looking at Jesus and I'm kind of annoyed with him because I'm kind of like, you know, Jesus, can we get the hell out of hell? You know, uh, and he, he was so not in a hurry. I mean, he, he was determined. He had, he had a purpose. He was not distracted. I uh, had his face set like Flint, but he was, he was not in a hurry. And as I was kind of following him my way out of hell, and you can take this allegorically, okay, um, Uh, I noticed all these demons that were just, just, uh, just lined, uh, the, the walls of the caves. And, um, I'm like, crap. And the more I started staring at them, the more freaked out I got, right? And the more they started to overcome me. Because I wasn't looking into Jesus. I was looking at all these demons, right? And at one point, I, I lagged behind because I got so overcome with this demonic. And, and and my whole internal experience was, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, The Scream by Edvard Munch. Okay. But it's that you've seen it. It just you just may not know it. That's what it is. But it, it was just, I felt every atom was screaming in torment. Right. And then I had a bright idea <laughs> in the midst of my scream. And so... I thought, well, I'm just gonna catch up to Jesus, okay now he was still going on with them, so I, I I gathered all my atoms, go figure, and I caught up to Jesus, and the moment I caught up to Jesus in my mind, right um I was totally good. I was actually really good I was like I don't really care that I'm in hell because I'm with Jesus, right? I'm in, I'm in Him. He's in me, right? And it was kind of funny that I kind of got cocky. It's like, you want a piece of me, right? You know what I mean? Because I was suddenly in the place of, of my union with Christ. My union with Christ. And Jesus was taking me out of the hellishness of my circumstances, of my whatever the, that represented, right? Um, there was no way I was going to get out of hell apart from Him, right? But he wasn't in a big old hurry and we didn't need to be. I was already okay and good and one with him. And he was what I needed as he brought me out of hell. And I think, and, and, and so that relaxed demeanor, while he's, he, his face is, he's deliberate. Like he is, don't, he knows he's relentless. He is not going to like stop or get distracted or whatever in getting you or me out of hell, quote unquote, um, but he's not in a big old hurry. Why? Because it's about this relationship that makes hell heaven. Yeah. So anyway, um, so keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, you don't have to be in this big old rush. You're already one with him, right? He's already gone to the cross. You're already complete in him. All of that. And the ministry that you need. And I know you have huge pain points in your life. I have huge page, pain points in my life. Um, but in the process, as I'm journeying out of those things, it's about the journey with the one who loved me and gave himself up for me. And in that process of engaging with him, I can stay in the slow lane as he unveils me and enjoy my life. And you can do that. And then when it's time to get in the fast lane, well, by all means, get in the fast lane. But I'm not going to be doing the fast lane unless I'm directed by God. I can afford... To navigate and to do it in a peaceful, relaxed fashion while being really productive and trusting the Lord that all these things that he predestined me before the foundation of the world are going to be accomplished. But the biggest accomplishment that you can have is that intimacy with him in the process. It's engaging with him in the journey. That makes the makes it gives it all the meaning. It's not just just the endpoint of the. You'll you'll get endpoints, of course you will. But what matters is him and you and the people around you that he's called you to love and to impact um, and to receive love from and be impacted by. Um, that's what makes the difference. So you can afford to rest, even while you sometimes run even while you just sometimes walk. Right. Um, even while you sit, however, that, you know, you're one with him, you're complete in him, you're adored. And as you continue with gauge with him, he is unveiling you from glory to glory to glory. Anyway, I hope this has been refreshing and helpful. Be at peace. Uh, God is good. Your life is actually good. You've got things, so many things to be grateful for. And oh my God, rebel against all the crap and just be happy anyway, right? Yeah, That is such a testimony when you have joy, um, you know, in the midst of crap, you know, and if, and if you're hurting and, uh, you know, I, I know there are people um, that are listening to me that have had unspeakable tragedies. So this is not, you know, I don't take away. Uh, we do weep with those who weep when we pray for one another, uh, but we also are called, in that, in, in, to, to move forward and uh, be sources of joy and hope um, in, in the midst of everything. For these light and momentary troubles are working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory as we look not at the things which are seen, which are temporal, but the things that are unseen, that are eternal. And you are part of eternity now because eternity is knowing Christ and his Father and Holy Spirit. And from that place, we get to know one another, we get to love one another, and we get to enjoy our lives. I love you guys. Thank you so much for joining. Have a wonderful day. bye Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit com.